Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Stories from a Quest to Live Happier podcast, and I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. This is episode 006, entitled Closing the Loop. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Nancy Jane Smith, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. Welcome to this podcast, where I share my stories and lessons I've learned on my quest to live happier. This podcast is produced every week and show notes are found at live-happier.com backslash podcast. Now let's get into the show. One of the greatest lessons I've learned from my work as a therapist and the teachings and stuff I've read is the concept of resilience. And Brene Brown talks about this just so amazingly well in all of her books. So every day we have to deal with shame, fear, anxiety, negative thought patterns, just getting stuck in a rut kind of mentalities. And we're trying really hard, or a lot of my clients are trying really hard, and I'm guilty of this too, of trying to master the processes, master them. And so um, we're never going to master them. And that's the tough lesson. I've talked about that in previous podcasts with the power of the magic button. And... um, that there is no magic button, unfortunately. So the key is figuring out that we're just going to be building resilience. And so discovering that mastery isn't going to happen, you know, allows us to practice more self-compassion when the shame and doubt and fear take over. And that self-compassion is what leads us to resilience. So, you know, we really want to learn the lesson and move on. We want to master the concept and never again be taunted by mongers, shame or fear mongers being my friendly word for the inner critic. Um, But that's just not how it works. You know, the key to getting over those things is realizing that we're never going to really get over them. And that building resilience, or as I call it, shortening the loop is the key. So the loop is the time frame from when you notice that you've gone off track So when you're experiencing disappointment and failure to when you implement your support team and coping mechanisms. And so for a lot of us, that loop, um, that time frame from when we've experienced disappointment and failure until we get back on track is can be really long and messy. And that period of time is when we're employing all of our negative coping mechanisms of of numbing out or um, beating ourselves up, hammering ourselves, living in shame, living in anxiety. And so the more we can, the faster we can close that loop and get back around to self-compassion, the quicker our response time will be from failure and disappointment through the process of shame and into making it a different choice. That's how we're really going to change our lives. And I actually have a handout about this that I will include on the live-happier.com backslash podcast page. (laughs) It's a lot of words that you can um, take a look at and see what I'm talking about. It's more of a visual about this closing the loop. So, um, So even that concept of closing the loop, you know, since I started talking about this and I figured out there really is this loop closing process that happens, um, I have clients that want to then master that process as quickly as possible. And and that's not even a linear concept. Like there are going to be days when you're going to be really good at closing the loop. And there are going to be days when the loop will drag on and on and on and And you'll be stuck in shame longer than you want, or you'll just be having a really crappy day. And that's okay. You know, all of this is really a practice. So um, 
Whether you're wanting to, to change a habit or an attitude or a behavior, there's a process to change that inevitably will involve disappointment and failure. And so that's what we're talking about today is how do you move beyond that disappointment and failure? So the first step we're going to talk about um, is clarity. The first step is to get extreme clarity on what it is you're changing and how this behavior shows up. The second step is kind of awareness. So that is building awareness involves noticing when you engage in behavior, intentionally making a different choice. So let's say the behavior that you want to change is you want to be less involved with your phone. You know, it's something a lot of people I know are working on. You want to be less involved in your phone and more involved in what's happening around you. So that first step is, you know, kind of getting some extreme clarity on what it is you're changing and how that behavior shows up. So where is it that you are really noticing that, that the phone is kind of ruling your life? And what are some small areas of your life where you can implement that change? So let's say you decide that one area you really see it showing up with is at your kids' soccer games. So you're going to start um, monitoring that behavior and noticing that when it happens. So building awareness Moving into the second step, building awareness, noticing when you engage in behavior and intentionally making a different choice. So if you decide I'm going to not take my phone to soccer games, or let's say you have to take your phone in case something happens, you're going to leave your phone in your car, you're going to leave your phone in your purse. And so you might do that really well for a couple weeks and you're kicking butt in this new habit forming process of not being addicted to your phone, specifically at your kids' soccer games. And then gradually you notice the phone starts showing up more and more. So it starts coming back and um, and you notice that you're in the, your phone more than you're watching your kids play soccer. So you're in your phone more than you are you know, spending quality time with your spouse at the end of the night. And that can really get us off off the loop into a cycle of disappointment and failure where we're feeling a lot of shame and guilt and we're just really beating ourselves up because here we are back again and this phone thing is again ruining your life. So the biggest way to close the loop is to get back into compassion. And compassion is just kind of recognizing I am addicted to this phone and this is really hard for me to let this go. And I need the phone when I'm at the soccer games and in case something happens and so I can't just ignore it. So it's coming up with, um, instead of beating yourself up for the fact that it's so hard to get rid of the phone, kind of having some compassion with yourself as to why this is a, this is why it's so hard and that's okay. And then you're going to go into curiosity and that's kind of, you know, you've kind of moved beyond your shame and your inner critic and now you're ready to work your way back up. So you start saying, okay, why did that go south? Why did the phone thing why did I start bringing it back into the soccer games? You know, why did I quit leaving it in the car? Why did it come out of my purse? And then you can really start having some insights into, okay, maybe I'm bringing it out because I have a lot of anxiety when I'm standing there at the soccer games and anxiety because of the other parents or anxiety because I'm nervous about my kid playing soccer and are they going to mess up? And I just feel just overwhelming stress. And so the phone is a great way for me to escape. It's a great way for me to, I can get, hide myself on the phone. And I don't have to be as present there because it's just really anxiety provoking to be present. And I think that's the reason, you know, a lot of people get stuck on their phones. Me, I'm one of those people that I get stuck in the anxiety loop. And so I think being in my phone kind of gives me a natural break from society. And it does. Um, It allows you to kind of disconnect. So, So then you give yourself some curiosity. You know that the phone helps you with some anxiety. So maybe you need to make a new decision around it. So the new decision could be, okay, I'm going to 
um, install an app on my phone that forces me um, to not look at it for 30 minutes, you know, that shuts it down for 30 minutes. Or I'm going to set a timer on my phone that I can, that every 30 minutes I can take a look at it. Or I'm um, just going to give myself a break and recognize this anxiety thing is a real issue and that it's okay that I use the phone. Or I'm going to bring my knitting because that's a way I can disconnect and still be connected and not be on my phone. Um, And those are just some random examples. But when you get that curiosity piece, you can kind of start figuring out, okay, I'm going to make a new decision here. And what's that new decision going to be? So you decide to revisit clarity and make a new plan. So we're going to be, that's how you close the loop. So the loop got broken there when you realized I'm not serving myself anymore and you entered disappointment and failure. And that's where we get disconnected in that disappointment and failure piece. We get stuck in shame and guilt. And so we need to move along as quickly as we can and catch ourselves in that period and move along into compassion and curiosity. So that is my example of closing the loop and my little lesson on that. Um, One of my favorite ways of looking at this closing the loop concept is kind of thinking about spiraling up. And spiraling up is a way to, we get stuck sometimes when we're learning a lesson again um, that we feel like we've already learned. So you have a job, an interaction with your boss and it isn't going well and you're like, this is the same crappy interaction I had 10 years ago with my boss. And I would push back and say, it's probably not the same crappy interaction. It's probably a similar crappy interaction, but you have grown and learned different things in those 10 years. It's not like you stayed static. So now you're learning the new lesson from a higher place. And that's what I call spiraling up is I do believe we, you know, we repeat lessons over and over, but we have new skills that we implement that allow us to close that loop faster. And that's the power of Um, reminding ourselves the power of spiraling up. Now it's time for the segment of the show called the weekly ritual challenge. So one thing that has really helped me live happier is adding a regular ritual practice to my daily life. So each week I'm going to be sharing a ritual with you and challenging you to complete it. This week's challenge is called find the furthest parking spot. And this isn't so much a, a lot of times you'll hear that to get um, workout, a good workout in, like find the furthest parking spot and then you can walk a little further every day. And I think that is a positive of this ritual. The purpose of this ritual is to um, allow you to intentionally slow down. So one of the reasons I really like this is I tend to go, 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 go. And running errands tends to be a big pain in the butt. And so I go, 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 go as I'm running errands. I try to get them done as quickly as possible. And since I started implementing parking as far away as I can, and then as I'm walking into the store, I'm I'm breathing, I'm paying attention to what's happening around me. I'm not just rushing from thing to thing to thing. So the reason I love these rituals is it really has helped me build in a way to reconnect with myself. And it's a win for me. So I hope it's helpful for you too. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. The Stories from a Quest to Live Happier podcast comes out every week. If you have some questions, please email me at nancyjane at live-happier.com or send me a tweet at nancyjane. And so until next time, here's to living happier.